Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hello to you, the automotive faithful. I am Reverend Hatfield, and I welcome you to the Driven Radio Show, where we bring you the gospel of internal combustion. Here with me in the Driven Radio pulpit is our engineer and co-host, Minister Mark Grove. Testify! We are coming to you from the Temple of All Things Automotive, the Driven Radio Show Studios. And I am fresh back from Arizona Car Week. I was covering Barrett-Jackson down there this Pretty past, sweet. This past week. I'll tell you what the sweet thing was. It was not 12 freaking degrees outside. Oh, dude. Yeah, let's not even talk about that, because right now the weather sucks, and no, you, weren't, you weren't part of the joy of it coming in. No, it was 65 degrees. I was wearing shorts and T-shirts all oh week. God. It was really nice. I hate you. Um, and then we got off the plane. It was 19 degrees, and the wind <laughs> was blowing 70 miles an hour. You know, the first time I ever went to Mexico, one of, I think, two times, actually second time, uh, family and I went down there for a vacation, came back to Kansas City, it is sleeting. It's 19 <laughs> degrees. I was unprepared. I'm wearing shorts and a uh-huh. jean jacket. Barrett Jackson, <laughs> as packed as I've ever seen it every day we were there. I uh, got to see Vlad the Impala sell again. I know. How was the reunion? Uh, pretty. It was nice. He had added the polished billet hood hinges that I always thought the car deserved. Oh, okay. And nice. nothing else. The car was exactly the same, and it sold for 90 grand with fees. Dang, dude. Yeah, a lot of money. I like that. Uh, Arizona Car Week. Totals exceeded $263 million. Barrett-Jackson had one of their best years ever, one of their best Scottsdale sales ever, at $183.5 million. 1,892 lots sold 100% sell-through rate because because they won't let you set reserves anymore. (gasps) 100% sell-through rate at an average price of $97,000. The average price was ninety-seven. The average price. So all that stuff early in the week helped drag down all the really great stuff later in the week that sold for (laughs) half a million dollars a shot. Do you happen to remember what the biggie was? What was the, uh, the big prize winner? I'm having a blank. I'm having a senior moment. Uh, not off the top of my head, but I'm sure we can look that up and throw it back in some another time. Okay, you just keep yakking, and I'm going to start looking. <laughs> uh, you, you, you look while I introduce this rather Yay! wonderful person we've got in studio with us this week. It is Miss Courtney Worley. She was born and raised in Salina, Kansas, and she used to accompany her mom to her job at Advanced Engine Machine, way to introduce your kids to mechanical things, and also at the Salina Speedway. Courtney loved the feel of the race car rumbling and the smell of spent exhaust. She's one of us. Yay! She came to love the racers and the staff, and that love drove Courtney's desire to begin street racing. Shh, don't tell anybody. Uh, she moved to the Kansas City area at age 19, and with the assistance of the Taos Performance crew, she has built a rather nasty 1999 Pontiac Fire- Firebird known as the Whirly Bird. Courtney? Thanks for being with us tonight and bringing a much-needed female presence to the show. Please tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so my Instagram and my TikTok are both Whirly Bird Racing. And then my Facebook account is just Courtney Worley, but you can also look up Whirly Bird. My alternate name is on there as well. God, we need to hear more female voices on this show. I think it's been <laughs> – I think the last the – last, person the last uh woman we interviewed was uh amy lerner 
With the uh, Porsche? Yeah, the one oh, that, yeah, did, yeah. that was doing Paris to Dakar and the air-cooled Porsche. Yeah, yeah I like And that we Porsche. need to have Amy back. Amy, if you're listening, we miss you. We miss you, Amy. We'd love to have you back anytime you're ready. Well, let's see here. Barrett Jackson, I think, uh, uh, according to what I'm like looking through super fast, Saturday Lot 1390 2024 GT Carbon Series. Oh, that sounds familiar. It was way north of a million, wasn't 1. it? 1.3 million. I think there was something else that may have gone for more. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, it was a 1989 Ferrari F40. That's the one. It was wasn't that three and change? Two dot seven five. That's a ton. That's uh, a chunk of change. Two seven five, and then you add in the two seventy five for fees. I think. Oh that, yeah, that, that pushes right you, up. Pushes you just north. Pa-ching, pa-ching, pa-ching. That's a lot of jack. How much did my uh, Plymouth go for? Could I have got it for about five or six grand? No. What? Uh, no, you could have gotten it for thirty-two five though. Uh, ow! <laughs> yeah, uh, they no. don't. <laughs> they don't hold these sales to give the cars away. That sucks. Yeah, it really does. I, I got robbed because I I only found about. <laughs> well, I fell in love with about every third car. Oh, I can see why. Uh, lots of Corvette stuff out there. Lots of nine elevens. Lots of Porsche stuff. Uh, the odd Ferrari. Uh, there was a really, really pretty uh, dark gray 86 Ferrari 328 with a red interior that, uh, yeah, was tough to walk away from. A couple of very pretty Porsche 928s out there. And it was funny. I, I found Vlad out on amongst the tents, and I found the guy I sold her to. Oh, wow. And we just sat there talking about the car, and guys are walking up going, you know anything about this? Yeah, we know a lot. <laughs> we know an awful lot. Anyway, it was a lot of fun and very warm, and Kansas City is is so stinking cold and so lousy with weather that I'm leaving Thursday. Our first special guest this week, because believe it or not, Seth, I got another one coming on after you. Uh, your buddy, Ped, is going to be up. But our first special guest this week is Seth Burgett, owner of Gateway Bronco. Woo! He is a seasoned entrepreneur, easy for me to say, a prolific inventor and a frequent speaker at the Washington University's Olin School of Business. Seth is also a competitive endurance barefoot water skier, Ironman triathlete, and a vintage race car driver, which is a short way of saying, or a long way of saying, Seth does more cool stuff than you do. (laughs) Seth, welcome back to Driven Radio. How you doing? Thank you so much, Brad. Appreciate you having me. Kind of uh, rude coming from that uh, Barrett-Jackson Scottsdale weather back home to the Midwest, isn't it? Yeah, you know, single digit and low double digit is definitely a little uh, little bit of an eye-opener first thing in the morning, but it's uh, it's all good. It was tough to get off the plane. Um, you had a really cool announcement while we were at Barrett-Jackson, and unfortunately, I was working on something else when you made the announcement. I didn't get a chance to be there in person. Uh, great to see you again at Scottsdale. Um, you've had a really dynamite year, but I want to know what you talked about while you were in Scottsdale at Barrett-Jackson. Well, thank you, Brad. It's great to see you and Rhonda. It was it was fantastic. I appreciate you showing up at the at the symposium that we had. Uh, you know, our, our press conference announced our third year of supporting our Innovator Scholarship uh, program, and and this is really taking it to the next level. If there's Red Bull, well, we put Red Bull on top of Red Bull with this one, and this is providing the fundamentals to create a Bronco 
with the Shelby Automotive Program and Northeast Texas Community College as the first school selected. And so what we'll do is we're going to provide a a Dennis Carpenter licensed Ford body. We're gonna provide a Coyote five liter engine with proprietary tune that we work with Ford Motor Company to create, to control this 10 speed automatic uh, sitting behind the Coyote brilliantly. And then we're going to provide an original OEM frame that we vetted, make sure it's straight, make sure we've made the Coyote modifications and a clean title so they can go build a Bronco with the fundamentals and we'll support them with mentors. Uh, We have uh, celebrity endorsement and support from Chris Jacobs, Christy Lee. We've got uh, Aaron Shelby, who is very much supporting this, and Dennis Collins, all to support these kids, along with our master craftsmen to mentor them and help them over a two year period so they can take that finished vehicle back to Barrett Jackson Scottsdale and sell it across the auction block. Very cool. Now, when did the Innovator Scholarship begin and what was its target? Who was it to benefit? Well, that's a great question. We started this three years ago and this was to to, uh, benefit uh, trade school students at McPherson College and Northeast Texas Community College. So we gave a scholarship to each of these schools. We then brought the student into our facility from each of those schools. We paired them up with master craftsmen. In that first year, uh, one of those students painted our truck that went on to Monterey and we'll talk about uh, maybe that later if we have time about that look, that seafoam green Bronco that was all electric at Monterey um, a few years ago. And he painted the vehicle. So the, the, we really gave these kids a uh, big opportunity to shine. They've done a great job. We've hired um, a few of these folks and and now they're they're technicians on the line building their careers at Gateway Bronco. Nice. Always thrilled to talk about anything that benefits my alma mater, McPherson College. So <laughs> uh, you had uh, a really terrific year and Barrett Jackson just had one of their best years at Scottsdale ever. Uh, their their auctions totaled nearly, well, it was over a quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, where is the collector truck and SUV market headed? And do you, how, what do you see in the future? Well, I think that, you know, my view of this is it is a a bullish market for folks in our age group, Brett, that want to be able to have a fun vehicle to go spend time with their family, go to the beach. And so this truck and SUV market is really following the trend in the mainstream market where Ford Motor Company is now a truck and SUV company. They've got a Mustang, which you know is uh, near and dear to my heart. But outside of that, they're really a truck and SUV company. And the, and the, and the F-150 being the, the number one car on the planet, I think is pretty much evidence to what we're seeing in the collector car market that the Blazer is now hitting a 200, 250,000, sometimes three and $400,000. That is prior to very recently unobtainium. It would never have occurred. Um, you also see uh, the El Caminos, as we talked about, hitting their stride well over $270,000. 
Um, you know, this is the market where that 60s and 70s era truck and SUV, we either had memories with grandfather, with father, with uncle, and and the age group that we're in, people are buying these vehicles. And I think that the the market is changing from the car and hot rod muscle car era uh, into a fuel injected um resto mod era but that happens to be a trucker suv i see that ben affleck recently acquired a gateway lux gt edition bronco uh how did that come about and uh what can you tell us about that truck well you know um that is mostly true uh so it started off with ben affleck gave me a call and um he said hey say uh, is this Seth? And I said, yes. And um, he said, this is Ben Affleck. I want a Bronco. I like it to be electric. And I, I'd really like a Brittany Blue. Did you and think said, it was one of your friends screwing with you? <laughs> no, pretty quick. Uh, you know, when a celebrity calls you, um, it's pretty clear the amount of energy that they bring and their voice is so unique. Uh, one time my wife and I were having a lunch date in the car and I had a A-list celebrity call. And, uh, you know, I say, can I pick it up? Because it was an unknown caller. And she said, sure. And so I, I picked up the phone and she did one of these numbers. She turned and looked because she could immediately hear the voice and understand who it was. But, you know, ben, Mr. Affleck was um, pretty excited. I uh, had a short amount of time and he's looking for a Brittany Blue. And we had one that was coming out of the, the assembly line and getting pretty close uh, in electric. And um, I said, well, we can do that. And he said, hold it for me. So a week a week goes by and, and I get a call from uh, Jennifer Lopez's manager and, and he says, has uh, Ben Affleck called you? And I said, yes. And he said, did you buy a Bronco? I said, no, but I've got one on hold for him. He said, well, um, I tell you what, Miss um, Lopez would like to build one for him for his 50th birthday. Uh, and I said, okay, when's the birthday? Uh, and she said, uh, uh, well, uh, it's in a couple of months. And so we... <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> we got to get this Bronco done or we're going to lose the shop. <laughs> so luckily, uh, we were able to bring out the seafoam green, which she saw at Monterey, that that intern painted, by the way, a couple of years ago. And she loved that seafoam green. And we did a seafoam green Bronco for Jennifer Lopez. Did it in two months and delivered it to uh, Ben's uh, home in Savannah with a big red bow on top. We kept it completely top oh, secret. Cool. Nobody in the shop knew about it. Uh, you know, the folks... Uh, you know, on the trip, we just had two people to hand deliver it directly to Mr. Affleck, and and she was all a part of that, and that was great. And then we took it to uh, then we took it to Beverly Hills, uh, and now uh, uh, now Ben's driving it all over town, picked up his Christmas presents in it, etc. Oh, oh, very cool, nice. very cool. So, what else cool is going on at Gateway? And I know you've always got lots to talk about. Well, you know, we've always got a lot of great things going. I think you know. Um, what we're going to launch at Monterey this year, um, that's going to be a pretty special vehicle. And, and we won't talk a whole lot about it, but it's going to, um, it's going to change the game in terms of the driving performance of a vintage vehicle. Uh, currently, uh, we've, we've added active ride control. We've added suspension geometry. We've done a number of things to make it much better. Uh, but when we get to Monterey this year, I think uh, when we visit then, you'll see that uh, this will be the next level vehicle. And so this is, um, people have started to compare Gateway Bronco to Singer Design, and I, and I really appreciate 
the kind words when people consider us um, the that singer is, design. That is a it, hell of a comparison. It, it it really is, and 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 I'm humbled by it honestly because our team works really hard to create uh, a special product with up to a seven year warranty, et cetera. Uh, but I think when that product launches in Monterey, uh, it will, um, you know, the media will take notice. This will be a, a next level vehicle in every way, fit and finish, as well as uh, driving performance. We've been speaking with Seth Burgett uh, of Gateway Broncos. Seth, please tell everyone where they can find you online and on social media. Well, they can find us at gatewaybronco.com. And uh, if they want to come out and check us out, we'll be at Sebring in February racing our vintage uh, Shelby Mustang and uh, having a good time with that. Now, will there be anything for them to come see at Amelia Island? Well, that is a clear possibility, and if you can, uh, if you can say ombre, uh, that is about <laughs> the way I would describe uh, our partnership with Glazerit and the vehicle that will be on display. It will be a uh, a stunning, stunning vehicle like nothing else you've seen in the Bronco world. Nice, fantastic, and I can't wait to see it, Seth. As always, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. You can find Gateway Bronco at gatewaybronco.com. Thanks so much for having me, Brett. You know, talking with Seth is always fun. This is the nicest guy. He is a sweetheart of a guy, and he's staying with us again in Amelia. Uh, you know, he's, he stayed with us out. <laughs> he's at, a nice guy who doesn't learn. <laughs> this, this was the best thing. Uh, he had an advanced PR guy when we uh, stayed together out in Monterey. Uh, we had the giant house on the beach, and Ped and his wife were there, and Rhonda and I, and uh, another couple, and then Seth and his people. And he had a couple guys there from Legacy EV who left us a, a ton of really expensive booze. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate that. Yeah. And he also had an advanced guy named Tim. And Pat and I had been, before we met him, had been joking around saying that we were just going to call him Timmy like on South Park. So all we were just, Timmy, we were going to mess with him. But we never saw Tim. He got to the house, dropped his bags, and took off to go work. And every morning, he was up and gone before everybody else. And he got back after everybody had already gone to sleep. The guy worked his tail off. And Tim Linstad, if you're listening, all, all possible respect, brother. Uh, you, you were fantastic all week when we did see you. But Dave and Tammy, the other couple, got there uh, after Tim had dropped his stuff and taken off to go work. And then the next morning, Tim was up early and gone. And he did this all week long. And we'd started calling him Invisible Timmy because he was just (laughs) never around. Timmy. Yeah, just Invisible Timmy. And uh, Dave and Tammy thought he wasn't a real guy. They thought we were joking around about like an invisible friend, Invisible Timmy. Until Friday night when I'm cooking steaks for everybody and Tim comes through the door and Tammy's in the kitchen and she's making this terrific roasted corn. And I say, hey, look, it's invisible Timmy. And Tammy whips around and says, you're really real? (laughs) (laughs) You want a human? It was just fantastic. You're really real. Uh, Yes, we're not joking. The guy really does exist. It's not an invisible friend. We're not jacking with you. It was invisible Timmy. Anyway, always fun to hang out with Seth. And glad you could spend some time with us, Seth. Always good to talk to you. Now, Miss Courtney, you have a particularly evil car residing in your garage. You want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so I got the car back in July, and since then it's been nothing but growing a parts pile. Um, right now, so far, what I have gotten changed because that car was almost completely stock. Um, okay, tell us what kind of car it is your day yes. engine size. Come on, it is a 1999 Pontiac Firebird with the original 5.7 still in the car. It's got that awful 4L60 transmission that everyone just you know absolutely loves. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I bought it almost completely stock, and since then I have. Put a BTR Stage Two cam in the car. I put um, Headman Hustler long tube headers on the car. Um, I have changed the rear suspension to Viking shocks. I've put it on a set of welds, so it is on welds in the back. They are the Weld RTS S71s, and then on the front, I've got the Weld Aluma Stars. Absolutely gorgeous! It's my favorite combo so, on the car. So lightweight drag wheels and yeah. all these neat. Okay. For those of you who bother to look up her Facebook page or Instagram, my favorite thing about seeing Courtney work on this car is she's got her hands covered in grease, and she also has her nails done at the same time. <laughs> Just the best stinking thing ever. Has a has a full, very pretty manicure and is getting her hands dirty in there working on the car. That's part of why I was so anxious to have you on the show. You are a woman who is turning her own wrenches. I admire that so very much. Thank you. Yeah, I actually lost the full set because I have severely injured my finger. It split all the way down the middle. Oh! Yeah, yeah. And I just figured, you know, it would be much easier if I didn't have the nails anymore to work on the car, and it has actually proven a ton easier. And some of the other really (laughs) cool pictures she's got is... Her sitting uh, right over the radiator in the car with her legs in the engine bay, just tearing stuff down. And uh, the girl is fearless, and I'm absolutely impressed with that. Very, very cool stuff. When are you going to have this beast roll on the street? I don't know. So right now I've got going performance. They are building me a TH400 for the car that is in the Ooh, works. Oh, good. Get rid oh, of that yes. 4L. Oh, yeah. Um, I have actually received a sponsorship from Nitrous Express. I just received my nitrous kit this morning, actually. So we'll be getting that put on the car. Um, I have a turbo kit for the car as well. So there's, there's a lot going on. The turbo kit's probably not going on for a while now that I've got the nitrous kit. Um, but I will have to build the motor, so I'm kind of trying to decide, do I want to build a 5.7? Do I want to do a 6.0? Do I want to do a 5.3? There's so many different options on the table, and just kind of got to pick one and roll with it. But but you are going to keep us posted. Oh, absolutely. And you're going to take us for stupid rides. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Score. My whole goal is to scare a few people. I want to scare my mom. I would like to scare my dad. My dad is probably going to be a little bit less... Scared to get in the car, but if I can scare my dad, who he himself has a 1966 Mustang, and it had a 347 stroker in it with a C4 transmission. I'm really digging this girl's family. Yeah, dang. They're not bad. They're not bad, man. But uh, I would like to scare them. I would like to scare the crap out of them both. I don't know if you guys have (laughs) ever seen this video, but there's this guy that he posted it a couple years ago, and it's him and I would assume his wife. They're strapped into the car. I think it's an S10, and it's turbocharged. And the caption is, when that boost hits, and it, the, the truck gets into boost, and she, the girl, she grabs her straps, and she starts screaming. <laughs> and then as soon as he, like, is slowing down, she's like, I just threw up. 
That is exactly what I want to do to my mom, as terrible as it sounds, but I think it would be absolutely hilarious. And these are the kind of people who listen to this show. God bless you, Courtney. So thrilled. And please keep us posted on the building. uh, I'm I'm sure we'll have you back lots to discuss what's going on in your world and the, uh, the possibility of you terrifying your mother. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Man, I'm thinking about all the cars that my dad had, and I'm like, none of them. No, the, it was it was a parade of suck. Uh, <laughs> I love I love my dad. I love my dad. But uh, the last cool vehicle, in my humble opinion, that he had was a '66 or '65 Galaxy 500. That's a cool car. Like you know, he he bought it brand new off the lot, and it was his pride and joy. Um, and he did have a '66 Chevy uh, truck, but it was all right. But, uh, you know, after that, and we got into the whole family situation, there was a, uh, oh, God, there was that LeBaron, Chrysler LeBaron, late 80s, early 90s LeBaron, uh, but it had turbo. So it sucked faster. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Only mildly so. There was an, I think it was either 1980 or 82. I think it was 1980 Thunderbird. So it was like the little stumpy square box Thunderbird. And then uh, there was that 95 uh, Taurus. Yes, that, I, was, that was the last vehicle, and of course it was new because Dad was a three and buy a new one, three and buy a new one. Yeah. Do we have enough money to you know put food on the table? F no, but there is a nice looking car out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to see that bit of automotive magic. Oh yeah, I got to drive. <laughs> That's right, I brought it by. Oh wow, <laughs> well, smells like white shoulders and burnt toast. Yeah, I don't know what was wrong with that vehicle. Smells like bingo night in the, <laughs> yeah. in the day room, and an angry woman with a lead foot. <laughs> smells like tapioca. And Matlock, <laughs> but it's a uh, that actually it's still running. The fellow that bought it uh, didn't really have to do much to it. Well, good on him. Fantastic. Yeah, and I was glad because he was honestly he was a more mature person, and I'm like, okay, he's not going to beat hell out of it. He actually needs it. Yep, and, uh, and he was real nice. And you know, it's not too tough nice to find and... anybody more mature than us. Uh, it really isn't. <laughs> okay, truth. <laughs> so one of the things about Barrett-Jackson, and it's, it's absolutely grown to be gargantuan. It covers a lot of ground. Yeah. But they've got a lot of uh, different vendors there, and a lot of it is car art stuff. I found a painting of the nose of the car that made me a car guy. It was a Fathom Green 72 Corvette. It's the one my dad had when I was little. Oh, wow. And came really, really close to buying it, except it was very expensive and not very big. But uh, uh, An original. Yes. So not even a no, no, no. Out. It was an original, and it was a four-figure price for something that wouldn't cover much more space than a notebook. Oh. But I took a picture of it, and I sent it to my dad. Here's how good the painting was. He thought it was a car. Oh, wow. He thought it was a Fathom Green 72 Corvette. And he says, how much is that? Where can you find it? (laughs) Well, you know, the old man, you send him a pretty Corvette. And he's like, well, we got room. Yeah. All right, son. How much? Oh, damn, Dad. (laughs) Well, you you remember I got that blue Corvette home. And about a month later, he bought a silver 65 convertible. God. So, (laughs) yeah, well, we're we're the family of if you like it by two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's you always got to have a spare. I mean, he, he's you know. got a couple of those SL 500s and then Rhonda got one for Christmas. So now there's three. The Mercedes dealer loves us. These things are we're <laughs> no fantastic. Uh, you know, there's three Corvettes in the warehouse. The, we have matching pickup trucks. We look like the family of get a couple of them. <laughs> so anyway, it, that 
Fathom Green 72 Corvette convertible is what turned me into a car guy. He had it when I was three. Wow. And, you know, talking about scaring the hell out of your parents, my, my dad used to take me when I was little and probably wearing a Batman suit because I'd never took it off, <laughs> uh, would drive in that Corvette with the top down and me standing up in the passenger seat. Well, there were no car seats. Yeah, you should see Courtney's eyes, folks. They're huge. There were no car seats then. So I'd be standing up in the passenger seat in a Batman outfit. He'd have the top down, and we'd be going down some Missouri road, some back road, with his foot deep in the throttle, and the car's going, and I'm standing up and and jumping up and down in the passenger seat, hooting, because Dad's driving the car fast so anyway very cool stuff in a minute we have mr ped watt he's going to be with us and he's going to tell us he's fresh back from the 24 hours of daytona he was down there shooting it he's got pictures from pit lane and all (gasps) kinds of cool stuff yeah he got up close and we're going to talk about that coming up next on driven radio Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters. This week, we have our returning guest. I just, I drag Ped back on the show anytime he's done something cool and we can use him for uh, subject matter. Uh, <laughs> it's Ped Watt of Watt Design Photography. Ped shot cool cars all over the world. He's the author and illustrator of the Rally Coloring Book and the Journey Coffee Table Book that was in very limited release. You had to know him to get one almost. He is fresh back from the Daytona 24 Hours Endurance Race. Ped, welcome back to Driven Radio, pal. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. You were posting really, really cool-looking stuff online all weekend, and it bothered me that i was missing out on that because i had to go cover scottsdale now scottsdale was very nice also let me me cry you a river while you're you know one of the best car areas in the world you know poor poor baby breaking our hearts yeah but every time you when you go to these things you always make it look so cool that i'm thinking damn why didn't i go do that with him uh you always get into the coolest stuff and the best venues the best events is this the first time you've covered the 24 hours at Daytona? Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is the first time I've done the 24 hours at Daytona. It's a um, historical race. has always been on my radar, but um, I just hadn't ever made the trek down there. And this year um, with some negotiation with uh, Read the Driven, um, we were able to um, cover it and provide some what will be some absolutely phenomenal photos. I'm always uh, thrilled when we can get you into something cool. I love being able to do that. How was the, you've covered a lot of motorsports stuff. How was the race? The race itself was, um, it was pretty good. Um, it, this is the first year that we've had the GT prototypes with under the new sanctioning rules and partnership with the WEC. Uh, so all the prototypes were new cars and, oh, cool. Some stuff broke, some stuff didn't go well, some stuff went really well. Um, Mike uh, Shank Racing showed up and uh, reminded us all why he's king and won Daytona <laughs> last year and continue in one Daytona this year. It helps when your lead drivers, you know, this was his 18th um, Daytona 24 hours in a row. He's kind of the 
Mr. Daytona instead of Mr. Lamont. But um, so the racing was good. The uh, no one beats IMSA on the professional level, uh, professional world giving fans access to the cars and the garages and so forth. Um, so basically everyone that had ticket that had an infield ticket, had a garage ticket. So you can oh, get cool. within, Oh, when they're rolling the cars out, they were literally shoving people out of the way to roll the cars to the pit lane. Uh, so you could literally basically almost touch the cars, uh, even as a fan with basic, very basic credentials. Uh, it was interesting. This is the, I think the second or third year of the GT three class under IMSA. But Porsche and Ferrari both showed up with brand new cars. And with IMSA endurance racing, you get balance of performance, which basically means we're trying to keep everybody. We don't want one car running away oh, 20 no. laps did they, ahead of someone else. Did they restrict them or add weight or how did they um, manage that? So they, they, they were um, uh, the exact details of the BOP. I haven't been able to find out exactly, but I talked to multiple drivers on both the Ferrari teams and the Porsche teams. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. And Don't gloss over that. You were down in the pits talking to the drivers. Yes. So, um, once again, thanks to Dude. Read the Driven, um, I, I was giving, given everything but what's called a gray vest. Gray vests are allowed on pit lane during the race, but I had full access other than that. So, I had inside the fence access. Um, and then obviously into the garages and into the pit boxes, uh, if they weren't actively fueling at the moment. Well, driven media uh, is thrilled that you were there. So thank you very much. Um, so anyways, I was talking to the drivers and, um, especially like, uh, shaft, I never passed. I never say it right. Uh, port, uh, the uh, team that runs Porsche, he's famous for his, um, I just blanked. We'll move on. It'll come back to me. He's his Canadian. Worst. His Braunschweiger. No, it's uh, his flannel. He has a flannel, and he does flannel wraps on his 911s. It's it's really cool. How's anyway, he got my Braunschweiger. <laughs> it's a German. Anyways, thing. like he won a drivers' cup um, last year for IMSA. Like he he won the points race in IMSA last year for the GT um, the uh, GT three class. Um, he got fifth. Because his car was off pace because they put so much balance of performance against him. Oh, wow. That even Lamborghini, which is really rather sad, even Lamborghini beat, beat the Porsches. Lamborghini usually isn't a winning car. Lamborghini is not does not do very good at motorsports. They're, they're getting better since VW bought them and started investing towards uh, motorsports. But uh, both um, Porsche with the 911 GT3s, R's, and the um, uh, Ferrari 296 GT3s both experienced huge balance of performance issues, and they did not perform at all. Outside uh, of the balance of performance, what did you think of the new field of the GT prototypes? The GT prototypes were gorgeous. Um, we got to see the uh, Cadillac uh, V and the Porsche 963, which will, which will repre be represented at Le Mans. Um, Cadillac, the Cadillac set the best uh, lap time. Uh, Porsche definitely got some development to do, um, even against Cadillac, which did not win. Uh, they were still half a second, um, down with their fastest lap time in comparison to the, the winner, which was the Acura, um, ARX six. Um, Michael Shank uh, racing, Meyer Shank racing was untouchable. They led the race. Other than for while, you know, pit pit stop recovery time, 
Uh, they read, led the race the entire time. Once again, a lot of that comes back to having a really, really senior driver and uh, Colin Braun. Um, and the other two drivers have quite a bit of history behind them. I mean, S- Simon does um, indie racing, indie car racing as well. So he fully understands, uh, you know, that prototype, um, intense cornering um, type of car as well. So it's, it's a really good team. Um, but yeah, Aston Martin wound up winning the GTs and that's, um, it was actually, everybody thought it was going to be the AMGs, but they had some performance issues some reliability issues. And to win 24 hour races, you must finish a 24 hour race. Yeah, true. You mentioned Uh, the Porsche 963 and the Cadillac V, uh, going to Le Mans this year. As I understand it, you might also be going to Le Mans this year. Would you like to talk about that trip a little bit? So I am definitely going to Le Mans. I will be spending a month in um, France, all, all month of June. I, I land June 1st. No, I fly out June 1st. I land June 2nd. And I fly. I land back in the United States July 4th. Uh, oh, we will, I'll be cool. going to the 24 hours Le Mans. I'll be going to the test day the weekend before. And I will also be going to all four days of Le Mans Classic at the end of the month. And um, there's, there's a possibility you might be taking one of your dumb friends with you. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I, I'm trying to take him with him, but he keeps on hesitating and tickets keep on selling out. So he needs to spend some either step up and spend some money or uh, he's going to have to stay in the States. Well, the fortunate thing is, is he's got a little money to spend. Why don't we talk about this tomorrow so we can try yeah. and get things squared away? So did you you posted really, really cool videos from inside pit lane? What were you filming when you were down there? I was uh, officially not filming anything. Okay. I might I might have been photographing um, the video I sent you was of the uh, Corvette doing their pit stop. I might have been photographing the pit stop and having my uh, cell phone leaning against my big uh, my toe on my shoe. Yes. Uh, videoing the pit stop. Um, I I knew I wanted to spend some time with Corvette. A because it was one of the t- uh, so. Without being a gray vest, there was only about four, eight pit boxes I could shoot because there's we can't go over we can't go past the wall without um, a gray vest, which means you have to have if you're a gray vest, you're a permanent IMSA card holder. Plus, you have to wear a gray fire suit and a helmet and go through special training. It's a whole rigmarole um, that I've never pursued. Um, anyways, but I really want to spend some time with Corvette A because I could get to him. B because everybody when they get new tires peels out when they leave the pit box, Corvette does a rolling burnout and you <laughs> have a beautiful smoke behind them. So um, I, I intentionally watched for pit, uh, tried to figure out when they were going to come in and pit. I, I got lucky, and nailed it, um, I, and I saw a shot of them at night, which was the video, and then actually I got to shoot them again during the day. So I have a really cool. Uh, smoke picture of them pulling out that's really clear and nice that uh, will be part of the photo submittal here in a couple of days. Fantastic. So, did you get any cool souvenirs? I did by accident, which is always the best souvenirs, right? Um, you have a hat. Um, I always get a hat. And I, I have a, because I also had a suite, uh, hospitality suite. Um, I, have a, I have a hat that matches the driver's hat. But the really cool souvenir I got by coincidence, um, I had victory lane access uh, because, once again, my credentials. Um, and I shot a little bit, and I was walking out, 
I see this guy in his mid fifties ish with a couple of kids. He's got one of the champagne bottles that they spray champagne with. Right. Yes. I'm kind of watching him. I'm like, Oh, that'd be a really cool souvenir. And he threw it away. <gasps> what? Really? Yeah. yeah. Now it sits on, now it's setting right below one of my posters here in my apartment. <laughs> Pedwalk, dumpster diver. Awesome. <laughs> I, I'm guessing he was like, they went into the bathroom, and after I left with the champagne bottle because I struck like a cobra. And the guy's um, watch and, <laughs> and a TV and a radio. He may have just been trying to hide it while he went to the bathroom. I don't know, but he threw it away. It was in the trash. I feel no regrets. <laughs> Who run Border right? Town? <laughs> awesome. Pet run Border Town. <laughs> so. So um, we'll see your images in a few days. I'm thinking you. Um, so the um, the goal, I think the actually the requirement for my editor, which is a grumpy old um, old man. Thanks is, very um, little. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I should have you uh, forty or fifty for the article for the to support this podcast this weekend. Fantastic! And what is next on your docket? What's the next big event for you? Um, that you'll care about is Amelia, uh, Amelia Island Concours. No, I, lo- um, I look forward to seeing you, Amelia. We've got the same house again this year, and it's just Amelia is so stinking much fun. There's so much cool stuff that goes on. Yeah, Amelia is going to be amazing. Um, I'm really curious. So Haggerty did a really good job with it last year, but everybody was it was kind of rough on the edges because they were still trying to fill. Well, the old sure. volunteers will try and fill out the new, you know, the structure and everything. Well, so I'm really excited to see what they do this year. Well, and that was Haggerty's first year down there. You got to admit, Bill Warner did an excellent job for years and years and years. And it's mm-hmm. going to be tough to step in and replicate uh, what he'd been doing forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Plus, your, your seasoned volunteers just don't know if they can do what they used to do like there's more bureaucracy involved so yeah. it was a good fill out year they had a really good show last year um this year rm has some absolutely phenomenal cars coming so even if you don't come for amelia for the concourse itself it's worth walking through going to the public display at um at rm um and we will we will be there uh i'm covering rm and so are you yeah um yeah, some reason or another, RM seems to start thinking I'm kind of important. Um, this will be the first one where they've gave me full access. So instead of only preview, I have auction room access, which well, they've never given me before. I can't imagine who would have given them that idea. Yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> uh, the really cool one, I, I don't think I've shared this with you. Um, um, REM gave me auction room access to the Le Mans REM, which is the first time there's been an REM Ooh. auction at the 24 Hours Le Mans. Very and cool. They will be selling off 24 Le Mans historically significant cars uh, during race week, and that'll be a very exciting um, s- set of cars. They've only posted two of them so far for that, and they're both this uh, what dreams are made of, like uh, the type of cars you don't think. Uh, let me look here real quick. So they've got a 84 Lancia LC2. Ooh. And they've got a 55 Ferrari 121 LM Spire oh, by uh, Scal- I never can say it. Scal- so Scal- yeah, there you are. 
Um, so that that's going to be a phenomenal sale as well. So we'll, we'll be covering both of those and, of course, Pebble this fall. Oh, fantastic. Ped, thanks so much for the coverage at the Daytona 24 Hours. Uh, Driven Media very much appreciates that. And uh, thank you for everything that you've been doing for Driven Media. We've oh. been speaking with Ped Watt of Watt Design Photography. Uh, Ped, real quick, tell everybody where they can find you online and on social media. So the uh, wattdesignphotography.com and wattdesignphotography on Instagram are probably the two best places to find me. Where can we get your coloring book? Amazon.com. Search for the Rally Coloring Book. Um, and it's the one with the Porsche on the cover. I'd course. pimp the journey for you, but that one's already sold out. Yeah, uh, that, that, that was a limited one-time run, um, and that won't ever go to the press again. And uh, some guy you know wrote the forward on that. Yeah, I, I twisted his arm with a bottle of, I think it was Jack Daniels. Uh, it, it, it worked well. Thank you. Uh, we've been speaking with Ped Watt of Watt Design Photography. Ped, as always, thanks for being on The Driven with us. And uh, I'll catch up with you this weekend. All right. Talk to you later, sir. Can you believe the crap he gets to go do? Dude is, well, you know, if if I had those kind of mad skills instead of my freaking charm, yeah, don't you I wish, might actually get to go to something. Don't you <laughs> Don't you wish instead of writing, you and I both studied law? We oh, could my actually God. Be, so does my mom, my dad, half yeah. my family. <laughs> Hell, yeah. She wanted to be a lawyer and wanted to become a DJ. And she's like... Well, you're you're not living off me, so I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah. None of my babies came back home to live off me. Thank you, Mom. That's uh-huh. thank you for the welcome mat. Yeah, uh-huh. you really know how to turn pride into a uh, pain. Your mom's oh, welcome yeah. mat said, "Go away." Yeah, <laughs> not today, Satan, or you, Mark. <laughs> Thanks, same, Mom. Love so, you. I miss you. Same, same. Yeah, <laughs> not wrong. Yeah, well, uh, you know, my folks are so surprised I found anything I'm good at. Just. Forget it. <laughs> Let's forget it. Hey, thank you for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. Or you can find us on LinkedIn at Driven Radio Show Podcast. You can also listen anywhere fine podcasts are heard. Only the I, fine ones. Only the fine ones. Yes, fine podcasts. Yeah, the crappy ones. Go someplace yeah, else. Yeah, please. I am Brett. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Hey, lean forward. Silent John, say your word for the day. There's one other voice in this room we hadn't even recognized. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Silent John, say a word. One he, freaking word. He, he's giggling himself blue, and all we've said for the whole show is, hey, shut the hell up. Yeah, shut up, Silent John. So what's your word? No. There you go. Nailed it. There it is. Nailed it. And there you have it. That's a broadcast career in the making right there. Silent John, Silent professional John. church mouse. There you go. Oh, yeah. I am Brett Hatfield for Mark L. Groves yep. and Courtney Worley. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.